Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Outlaws and Gunslingers. The only podcast covering all of America's infamous criminals. From the Wild West to the Mafia, all the way up to the ruthless street gangs of today. Brought to you exclusively by the Creative Control Network. Here are your hosts, the Mouthy Michiganders, Bang and Dang. Welcome back to Outlaws and Gunslingers with your host, Bang and Dang. We are back for another riveting episode of uh, true crime slash criminals. And um, in this case, I guess the... Yeah, so is this a uh, police the criminals um, thing? Obviously, the rioters are uh, criminals, right? But are the police criminals... I don't know. Um, if you don't, know, obviously, um, you clicked on the title, so you know what we're talking about, the 1992 L.A. riots and uh, what some riots they were. I'm pretty sure all, if not most of you, have seen the infamous Rodney King uh, beating tape. You know, the thing with that is, though, they never even... The the whole tape was never shown to the public. Well, I'm sure it's out there, but obviously the only parts that was ever shown was him getting beat up, not the uh, one that was actually... Th- Shown in court right. that showed everything, but we'll get to that later on. Um, yeah, 1992 LA riots, infamous, famous. You've seen it all on photo on live television, probably for the first time like this live coverage as it was happening. Um, the dude getting pulled out of the truck, getting beat. Asians, the, the Koreans having little gunfights in the street with the rioters, and hmm. yeah, a bunch of stuff. That we uh, saw right in front of our eyes, and that's what we'll be covering today. Before the release of this so-called Rodney King, not so-called, it was a Rodney King tape, the uh, beating tape, minority community leaders in Los Angeles had repeatedly complained about harassment and use of excessive force against their residents by LAPD officers. Daryl Gates, chief of the LA Police Department from from 78 to 92, has been attributed with much of the blame for the riots. Of course. According to one study, scandalous racist violence marked the LAPD under Gates' temptation tempestuous leadership. We've all heard about the LAPD. Under Gates, the LAPD had begun Operation Hammer in April of 87, which was a large-scale attempt to crack down on gang violence in L.A. I mean, they had to do something. Probably made it worse. Early 90s gang violence was crazy. A 90s period. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Rough. The origin of Operation Hammer can be traced to the 1984 Olympic Games held in L.A. Uh, you know they were trying to clean up the streets yeah, yeah, yeah. for that shit. Under Gates' direction, the LAPD expanded gang sweeps for the duration of the Olympics. These were implemented across wide areas of the city, but especially in South Central and East L.A. Uh, there's a movie on both those. <laughs> Born in East L.A. <laughs> with Cheech. Yeah, in South Central with, uh, what's his face? Deuces. Deuce. What's that guy? Don't be a menace. No, the movie's called South Central. 
know. Never seen South Central? Maybe. Deuce. Anyway, these areas are predominantly minority residents. After the games were over, the city began to revive the use of earlier anti-syndicalist laws in order to maintain the security policy started for the Olympic Games. The police... Mo- you know what I heard? I don't know what. One dude I worked with uh, used to live in Indy. And when the Super Bowl was in Indy, how long was that? A while ago. They go around and do the homeless sweeps. I'm sure Wipe off all the homeless off the streets for that week or whatever. They do that for every Super Bowl. Or any major thing that's ever going right. to uh, a town that's going to attract a lot of out-of-state visitors, for sure. Why wouldn't they? I bet you those homeless guys are like, yeah, Super Bowl's coming. We're going to get a, a roof and more meals for a week. Three meals a day. Nice. The police more frequently conducted mass arrests of African-American youth, although the overwhelming number of them were never charged. Citizen complaints against police brutality increased 33% in the period 1984 to 1989. Bet it did. By 1990, more than 50,000 people, mostly minority males, had been arrested in such raids. During this period, the LAPD arrested more young black men and women than any period of time since the Watts riots of 65. Mm. Critics have alleged that the operation was racist because it used racial profiling targeting African-American and Mexican-American youths, which it obviously probably did. Right. It's not like they were going going around arresting white dudes. Nope. The perception that police had targeted non-white citizens likely contributed to the anger that erupted in the 92 riots. You I'd think say, so? Right. I would say. The Christopher Commission later concluded that a significant number of of LAPD officers repetitively used excessive force against the public and persistently ignored the written guidelines of the department regarding force. The biases related to race, gender, sexual orientation were found to have regularly contributed Contributed. (laughs) to excessive force use. The commission's report called for the replacement of both Chief Daryl Gates and the Civilian Police Commission. They had a civilian police commission, too? Dang. In the year before the riots in 91, there was growing resentment and violence between the African-American and Korean-American communities, which still exists today. Uh, Racial tensions had been simmering for years between these groups. In 89, the release of Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing, highlighted urban tensions between white people, black people, and Koreans over racism and economic inequality. Right. Many Korean shopkeepers were upset because they they suspected shoplifting from their black customers and neighbors. Not suspected. Most of the time it probably happened. Many black customers were angry because they routinely felt disrespected and humiliated by Korean store owners. I mean... Hey, hurry up and buy! Yep. <laughs> Listen, yep. Hurry up and buy! Hurry up and buy! <sighs> I mean, what do you expect? You got a melting pot, man. I mean, it's going to happen. All right. Neither group fully understood the extent or sheer enormity of the cultural differences and language barriers, which further fueled tensions. March 16th, 1991, a year before the L.A. riots, storekeeper Soon Jadu shot and killed black ninth grader Latasha Harlins mm-hmm. after a physical altercation. Du was convicted of voluntary manslaughter, and the jury recommended the maximum sentence of 16 years. But the judge, Joyce Carlin, decided against prison time and sentenced due to five years of probation, 400 hours of community service, and $500 fine. Wow. $500 fine? Wow. Wait, okay. so that 400 hours of community service, that would count for him behind the cash register, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, serving the community. I think you have to go to like a pick up trash or help at a homeless shelter or something. Mm. I don't think working, I guess if he worked for free. Right. Relations between the African-American and Korean communities significantly worsened after this, and the former became increasingly mistrustful of the criminal justice system. I mean, yeah, kid gets murdered and right. like, no jail time. 
Mm. A state appeals court later unanimously, <laughs> 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 unanimously, <laughs> unanimously upheld Judge Carlin's sentences, sentencing decision in April of 92, a week before the riots. Okay. The LA Times reported on several other significant incidents of violence between the communities at the time. Um, on May 25th of 91, shooting of uh, two employees in a liquor store near 35th Street and Central Avenue. The victims, both recent immigrants from Korea, were killed after oh, no. complying with robbery demands made by an assailant described by police as African-American. Well, I mean, they complied. Last Thursday, an African... Well, this is the article. Last Thursday, an African-American man suspected of committing a robbery in an auto parts store on Manchester Avenue was fatally wounded by his accomplice. Jeez. Who accidentally fired a shotgun round during a struggle with the shop's Korean-American owner. Oh, no. This violence is disturbing, too, store owner Park said. But who cries for these victims? Right. <clears throat> Their family, I would imagine. Right. On an evening of the 3rd of March, 1991, Ronnie King, two passengers were driving west on Foothill Freeway through the Sunland Tujunga neighborhood of the San Fernando Valley. The California Highway Patrol attempted to initiate a traffic stop. And a high-speed pursuit ensued with speeds estimated up to 115 mile an hour Jeez. before Rodney eventually exited the freeway at Foothill Boulevard. The pursuit continued through residential neighborhoods of Lakeview Terrace and San Fernando Valley before King stopped in front of, a, of the Hanson Dam Recreation Center. When King finally stopped LAPD and the Highway Patrol, I wonder if uh, chips. chips were there, right? <laughs> Officers surrounded King's vehicle and married a highway patrol officer, Timothy Melly Singer, arrested him and two other car occupants. Okay, so they got them all there. They're all in handcuffs, right? Apparently it says arrested. So after two passengers were placed in a patrol car, five LAPD officers, Stacy Kuhn, that's ironic, huh. uh, Lawrence Powell, Timothy Wind, or Wind, Theodore Briseno, and Rolando Solano surrounded King, who came out of the car last. How did they have the other two, but not him yet? Okay. None of the officers involved were African-American. Officers Kuhn, Wind, and Powell were Caucasian. Briseno and Solano were of Hispanic origin. They tasered King, struck him dozens of times with side-handled batons, kick-stomped kick him in the back, and tackled him to the ground before handcuffing and hog-tying his legs. Huh. Hmm. That don't make no sense. Sergeant Kuhn later testified at trial that King resisted arrest and that he believed King was under the influence of PCP at the time, causing him to be aggressive and violent towards officers. Video footage of the arrest showed that King attempted to get up each time he was struck and that the police made no attempt to cuff him until he lay still. A subsequent test of King for the presence of PCP in his body at the time was negative. Negative. Huh? Well, unbeknownst to the police and King, the incident was famously captured on camcorner by local civilian George Holliday, from his nearby apartment across from Hanson Dam. If only they would have known. Right. The tape was roughly 12 minutes long. While the tape was presented during the trial, some clips of the incidents were not released to the public. In a later interview, King, who was on parole for a robbery conviction <laughs> and had past convictions for assault, battery, and robbery, mm. said he did not surrender earlier because he was driving while intoxicated, which he knew violated the terms of his parole. Obviously. Yeah, you think? So you make it worse by going on a... Uh, a uh, high-speed chase. Right. Jeez, oh, oh, Pete. The footage of King being beaten by police became an instant focus of media attention and a rallying point for activists in L.A. and around the United States. Coverage was extensive during the first two weeks after the incident. The L.A. Times published 43 articles about it, New York Times published 17, and the Chicago Tribune published 11. Eight stories appeared on ABC News, including a 60-minute special on primetime live TV. 
Upon watching the tape of the beating, LAPD Chief of Police Daryl Gates said this. I stared at the screen in disbelief. I played the one minute, 50 second tape again, then again and again until I had viewed it 25 times. And I still cannot believe what was looking at, what I was looking at. To see my officers engage in what appeared to be excessive use of force, possibly criminally excessive, to see them beat a man with their batons 56 times, to see a sergeant on the scene do nothing to seize control was something I've never dreamed I would witness. Mm. Mm. Oh, you dreamed it. <laughs> yes. The L.A. Uh, County District Attorney subsequently charged four police officers, included one sergeant, with assault and use of excessive force. Due to the extensive media coverage of the arrest, the trial received a change of venue from L.A. County to Simi Valley in okay. neighboring Ventura County. The jury had no members who were entirely African-American. I wonder why. The jury was composed of nine white Americans, three women, six men, one biracial man, one Latin American woman, and one Asian American woman. Hmm. Prosecutor Terry White was black. Okay. 29th April, 1992, seventh day of jury deliberations. The jury acquitted all four officers of assault and acquitted three of the four of using excessive force. <sighs> How? Yeah, uh, who knows. The jury could not agree on a verdict for the fourth officer charging with using the excessive force. The verdicts were based in part on the first three seconds of a blurry 13-second segment of the videotape that, according to journalist Lou Cannon, had not been aired by television news stations in their broadcasts. Oh. The first, this first two seconds of videotape, contrary to the claims made by the accused officer, show King attempting to flee, po flee past Lawrence Powell. Okay. During the next one minute and 19 seconds, King is beaten continuously by the officers. The officers testified that they tried to restrain him before the videotape's starting point physically, but King could throw them off physically. Afterward, the prosecution suggested that the jurors may have acquitted the officers because of becoming desensitized to the beating's violence as the defense played the videotape repeatedly in slow motion, breaking it down until its emotional impact was lost. That is possible. We'll just see it like a million times. You're just like, right. okay. I wonder, did they have the guy who filmed it in court? Uh, I would assume. Outside the Simi Valley Courthouse, where their acquittals were delivered, county sheriff's deputies protected Stacy Coon from angry protesters on the way to his car. Oh, here, I was thinking Stacey Coon so was, was a I. chick. <laughs> Movie director John Singleton, who was in the crowd at the courthouse, predicted, by having this verdict, what these people done, they lit the fuse to a bomb. Oh, what they did. Day one of the riots, the uh, the verdict day. Prior to the verdicts, though, in the week before Rodney King uh, verdicts were reached, L.A. Police Chief Daryl Gates set aside a million dollars for possible police overtime. Even so, on the last day of the trial, two-thirds of the LAPD's patrol captains were out of town in Ventura hmm. on the first of a three-day training seminar. Jeez. Oh, uh, at 1 p.m. on April 29th, Judge... Why would they do that? They right. know this is going to happen. Of course. Judge Stanley Weisberg announced that the jury had reached its verdict, which would be read in two hours' time. you got two hours to get your asses over here and uh, suit up. This was done to allow reporters and police and other emergency responders to prepare for the outcome as unrest was feared <laughs> and the officers were acquitted. Right. LAPD had activated its emergency operations center, which the Webster Commission described as the doors were opened, the lights turned on, and the coffee pot plugged in, but taking no other action. <laughs> Specifically, the people intended to staff that center were not gathered until 4.45 p.m. In addition, no action was taken to retain extra personnel at the LAPD's shift change at 3 p.m., as the risk of trouble was deemed low. Those are idiots. 
The acquittals of the four accused Los Angeles Police Department officers came at 3.15 p.m. local time. No, no. Uh, by 3.45, a crowd more than, of more than 300 people had appeared at the L.A. County Courthouse protesting the verdict. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, at approximately 4.15, between 4.15 and 4.20, a group of people approached the Payless Liquor and Deli on Florence Avenue just west of Normandy in South Central. In an interview, a member of the group said that the group just decided they weren't going to pay for what they were getting. Oh, it's going oh, in. Geez. Store owner's son was hit with a bottle of beer and two other youths smashed the store's glass front door. Two officers from 77th Street Division of the LAPD responded to this incident and, finding that the instigators had already left, completed a report. Hmm. What are you going to do, right? 4.58 p.m. Los Angeles Mayor Tom Bradley held a news conference to discuss the verdicts. He both expressed anger about the verdicts and appealed for calm. Mm. Today, this jury told the world that what we all saw with our own eyes wasn't a crime. Today, that jury asked us to accept the senseless and brutal beating of a helpless man. Today, that jury said we should tolerate such conduct by those sworn to protect and serve. My friends, I'm here to tell this jury, no, no. Our eyes did not deceive us. We saw what we saw, and we saw was a crime. We saw what we saw, what we saw was a crime. We must not endanger the reforms we have achieved by resorting to mindless acts. We must not push back progress by striking black, black blindly, <laughs> by striking back blindly. Mm, okay. Well, it sounds like you want them to, and then try to save your ass at the end by saying not to. Mm. Assistant L.A. Police Chief Bob Vernon later said he believed Bradley's remark incited a riot, a riot and were perhaps taken as a signal by some citizens. Mm. Vernon said that the number of police incidents rose in the hour after the mayor's press conference. I'm sure it did. At Florence and Halldale, two officers issued a plea for assistance in apprehending a young suspect who had thrown an object at their car and whom they were pursuing on foot. Approximately two dozen officers commanded by 77th Street Division, Lieutenant Michael Moulin, Moulin arrived and arrested the youth, 16-year-old Siandel. Daniels forcing him into the back of the car. Okay. okay. I wonder how many arrests they made that day. The rough handling of the young man, a well-known minor in the community, further agitating an uneasy and growing crowd who began taunting and berating the police. I mean, come on, crowd. He's throwing stuff at the cop car. Among the crowd were Bart Bartholomew. Well, that's a <laughs> terrible name. Hey, Bart Bart. <laughs> right. A white freelance photographer for the New York Times. And Timothy Goldman, a black U.S. Air Force veteran. And visit to his family. He's like, this is crazy. Should have stayed in the air. Right. Who began to record the events with his personal camcorder. Nice. The police formed a perimeter around the arresting officers as the crowd grew more hostile. Leading to further altercations and arrests, including that of Damian Williams' older brother, Mark Jackson. One member of the crowd stole the flashlight of an LAPD officer. Who's Damian Williams? I don't know. He was the truck driver that got, uh... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulled from his truck and beaten. So they arrested his, uh, his brother. brother. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, fair and police would resort to his deadly force to repel the, ga- the growing crowd. Lieutenant Moulin uh, ordered officers out of the area altogether. Uh, Moulin later said that officers on the scene were outnumbered and unprepared to handle the situation because their riot equipment was stored at the police academy. Oh, geez. Well, good thing to be all patrolling without that. Right. Uh, hey, forgot the flashlight. It's not. <laughs> hey, forget the flashlight. It's not worth it. Yeah. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Forget the flashlight. Not worth it. Let's go. When uh, Lieutenant Michael Moulin worried about said it. on his bullhorn broadcast, as recorded by the Goldman footage at 71st in Normandy. Uh, that cop was like, I gotta I bring need my, my flashlight. flashlight. Man. How, am I, I, to, how right. am I supposed to do this? <laughs> right. And if you don't bring back all your equipment at the end of the day, right, that's you get a point. Like, right. Now, damn it. I'm, I'm almost not paying for another flashlight. No. Moulin made the call for reporting officers to retreat from the 71st and Normandy area entirely at approximately 5.50 p.m. They were sent to an RTD bus depot at the 54th in Arlington and told to await further instructions. The command post formed at this location was set up at approximately 6 p.m., but had no cell phones or computers other than those in squad cars. It had insufficient numbers of telephone lines and handheld police radios to assess and respond to situations. Okay. Finally, the site had no televisions, which meant that a live broadcast of unrest began Command post, <laughs> command post officers would not see any of this. Idiots. I know. After the retreat of officers at 71st in Normandy, many proceeded one block south to the intersection of Florence and Normandy. Mm. As soon as the crowd began to turn physically dangerous, Bartholomew managed to flee the scene with the help of Goldman. Someone hit Bart. Yeah, you better get out of there, white boy. <laughs> Someone hit Bartholomew with a wood plank breaking his jaw. Oh. While others pounded him and grabbed his camera. Just after 6 p.m., a group of young men broke the padlock and windows to Tom's Liquor, allowing uh, a group of more than 100 people to raid the store and loot it. Jeez. And the looting begins. Jeez. Concurrently, the growing number of rioters in the street began attacking civilians of non-black parents, throwing debris at their cars, pulling them from their vehicles when they stopped, smashing window shops, or assaulting them while they walked on the sidewalks. As Goldman continued to film the scene on the ground with his camcorder, the L.A. News Service team of Marika Gerard and Zoe, uh, Zoe Tur arrived in a news helicopter. Zoe Tur and the helicopter. <laughs> right. Broadcasting from the air. The LANS feed appeared live on numerous Los Angeles television venues. It sure did. Approximately 6.15, as reports of vandalism, looting, and physical attacks continued to come in, Moulin uh, elected to take the information, but not to respond or send personnel to restore order or rescue people in the area. Hmm. Uh, he was relieved by a captain, ordered only to assess the Florence and Normandy area, and again, not to attempt to deploy officers there. Meanwhile, Tur continued to cover the events in the progress in progress live at the intersection. From overhead, Tur described the police presence at the scene around 6.30 as none. None. There's absolutely no police present here. What kind of police presence do you see up, up from up there? None. None. <laughs> 6.43 p.m. Thank you so much, Asian reporter. All right. <laughs> 6.43 p.m., a white truck driver, Larry Tarvin, drove down Florence and stopped at a red light at Normandy in a large white delivery truck. Nice. No radio in his truck. He did not know what he was driving into. Yeah, it was, you don't see all these people? Tarvin was pulled from his vehicle by a group of men, including Henry Watson, who proceeded to kick and beat him before striking him unconscious with a fire extinguisher. Jeez, taken from his own vehicle. He lay unconscious for more than a minute as his truck was looted. 
before getting up and staggering back into his vehicle. With the help of an unknown African-American, Tarvin drove his truck out of further harm's way. Oh, jeez. At least another African-American. Did they catch that on TV, though? Or if they did, did they play it? I bet right. you they didn't. Right. Just before he did so, another truck, driven by Reginald Denny, entered the intersection. United, United Press International Radio Network reporter Bob Brill, who was filming the attack on Tarvin, was hit in the head with a bottle and stomped on. Ooh. Jeez. That's what you get, man. Well, speaking of uh, Reginald Denny, a white construction truck driver, was pulled from his truck and beaten severely by a group of black men who became known as the L.A. Four. The attack was recorded on video from Turs and Gerard's news helicopter and broadcast live on U.S. national television. Oh, so they didn't get the right. other one. This one they got. Goldman captured the end of the attack in close-up of Denny's bloody face. Jeez. Uh, four other L.A. civilians came to Denny's aid, placing him back in his truck in which one of the rescuers drove him to the hospital. Denny suffered a fractured skull and impairment of his speech and ability to walk, oh, man. for which he underwent years of rehabilitative therapy. Jeez. After unsuccessfully suing the city of Los Angeles, Denny moved to Arizona, where he worked as an independent boat mechanic and has mostly avoided media contact. Oh. How did he not get a, a lawsuit out of that? Right. How do you not? Wow. No police presence whatsoever. And the, well, I don't know. Well, Around 7.40 p.m., almost an hour after Denny was rescued, Another beating was filmed on videotape in that location. Fido, Fidel Lopez, a self-employed Fido, <laughs> Fidel Lopez, a self-employed construction worker and Guatemalan immigrant, mistaken by the crowd to be a white American, how, was pulled from his GMC pickup truck and robbed of two thousand dollars, equivalent to thirty-nine hundred dollars today. Riders, including Damian Williams, smashed his forehead open with a car stereo. Ah. And one tried to slice his ear off. Jeez, OP, these guys are animals. It's ridiculous. I understand protesting and all that, but to do all this shit. Right, Damien Williams. Damien Williams is one of the... uh, One of the four. Four black people that did it. Reginald Denny is the guy. Damien Williams is part of the four. Right, 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 right. That's ridiculous, man. Uncalled for. Slice his ear off? Jeez, Mm. dude. After Lopez lost consciousness, the crowd spray-painted his chest, torso, and genitals black. Oh, jeez. He was eventually rescued by black Reverend Benny Newton, who told the rioters, kill him, and you have to kill me, too. Uh-oh. Good for you, Benny. Right. Lopez survived the attack, but it took him years to fully recover and reestablish jeez. his business. Newton and Lopez became close friends. Nice. Good for him. Sunset on the first evening of the riots was at 7.36 p.m. The first call reporting a fire came... Oh, why at night, though? I was like, hey, gotta see... First call reported a fire came in soon after at approximately 7.45. We all know nighttime riots. They're the worst. Mm-hmm. That's when all the other people. That's when all the. Uh, that's when all the lowlifes are right. just now waking up and they're and like, the oh, we- shit, what's, well, up, what's yeah. going on here? All the welfare recipients and druggies are right. getting up at around 5, 6 o'clock and mm-hmm. wandering through town. That's where the real looting and fire starts. Police did not return in force to Florence and Normandy until 8.30 p.m. See, they just let all the... I mean, I get it. You're outnumbered, and uh, but shit. By this time, the intersection was in ruins, and most rioters had left to other nearby intersections and shopping centers in the area. With rioting and looting spreading across the rest of South Central, once word spread of the situation at Florence and Normandy, as by nightfall, the neighborhoods of Crenshaw, Hyde Park, Jefferson Park, West Adams, Westmont, Green Meadows, Historic South Central... Florence, Willowbrook, Florence and Graham, and Watts were being looted, mm. vandalized, and set ablaze by rioters. Damn. That's sad. 
Numerous factors were later blamed for the severity of the rioting in the 77th Street Division um, on the first night. These included no effort made to close the busy intersection of Florence and Normandy traffic. Right. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's why uh, the one guy should have got his yep. uh, lawsuit. Uh, failure to scare gun stores into the division. One particular lost 1,150 oh guns my. to looting just on the first day. The failure to issue a citywide tactical alert until 6.43 p.m., which delayed the arrival of other divisions to assist the 77th. And the lack of any response, and in particular a riot response, to the intersection, which emboldened rioters. That's what I just said. Since attacks, looting, and arson were broadcast live, viewers could see that none of these actions were being stopped by police. Right. And now Ridiculous. it's on, all on camera that the right. police are doing jack Nothing. shit to help anybody. Just like a couple years ago. It's sad. Yeah, but those, I mean, yeah, they were told to stand down just now, right. just like they were then. But, jeez, right. dude. At least you still had police there. Man. Wow. That's just some sad stuff, man. I'm all for gathering in the thousands in the street with your pitchforks and your uh, torches. Torches. That's fine as long as you don't use them. Right? Yeah. Man. man. Especially, the, the, I don't get the, the businesses and all that shit. Just don't get it. Stupidity. The businesses and the beating of... Innocent people that are just driving down right. the street, man. It makes no sense to me at all. I don't get it. Don't get it. Ah, never will, I guess. As noted after the verdicts were announced, a crowd of protesters formed to the L.A. police headquarters at Parker Center in downtown L.A. The crowd grew as the afternoon passed and became violent. The police formed a skirmish line to protect the building. Sometimes moving back in the headquarters, the protesters advanced, attempting to set the Parker Center ablaze. In the midst of this, before 6.30 p.m., Police Chief Daryl Gates left Parker Center on his way to the neighborhood of Brentwood. Oh, <laughs> Brentwood, huh? There is that a is Brentwood? It's got to be a rich area, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where OJ fucking uh, had his trial right. and shit. Yeah, eighty-four percent white. So right. yeah, he escaped to the. Uh, yeah, he went to the suburbs. Like, oh, so I'm getting out of here. You figure that's where they would go, though, right? There, as situation in L.A. deteriorated, Gates attended a political fundraiser against L.A. Oh, City no. Charter Amendment F, intended to give City Hall more power over the police chief and provide more civilian review of officer misconduct. The amendment would limit the, the amendment, pow- right? Would limit the power and term length of his office. Oh, geez, this guy talk about um, right not being aware of things. Oh my! Wow, the Parker Center crowd grew riotous. Uh, at approximately 9 p.m., eventually mil- making their way through the Civic Center, attacking law enforcement, overturning vehicles, setting objects ablaze, vandalizing government buildings, and blocking traffic on U.S. Route 101, going through other nearby districts in downtown L.A., looting and burning stores. Jeez. Nearby L.A. Fire Department, firefighters were shot at while trying to put out, yeah. That's ridiculous. They're like, I ain't putting out nothing. Shot out, put out, trying to put out a blaze set by losers. Losers? Yeah, yeah losers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Looters. The mayor had requested the California Army National Guard and Governor Pete Wilson, the first of these units, or from Governor, the first of these units, the 670th Military Police Company, had traveled almost 300 miles from its main army and arrived in the afternoon to assist. That's ridiculous. This should have all been ready, like, in a week in advance, because they knew. You would think. Uh, they've already had... We've already discussed they had the Watts riots. They right. had how many riots? The 67 riots in Detroit and all that I mean, stuff. I mean, on. they know what's going to happen. Jeez, oh, Pete. They were first deployed to a police command center where they began handing out bulletproof vests to the firefighters after encountering the unit, ho- unit host. 
after a county unit whose member had been shot. Later, after receiving ammunition from the L.A. Police Academy and a local gun store, the MPs deployed to hold the Martin Luther King shopping mall in Watts. Oh, you know anything with Martin right. Luther King in it is going to be... Uh... Which is stupid. They go there and loot the shit and burn right. it down. <laughs> Come on. In the Lakeview Terrace District of L.A., 200 to 400 protesters gathered at about 9.15 p.m. at the site where Rodney King was beaten in 1991, near the Hanson Dam Recreation Area. The group marched south on Osborne Street to the LAPD Foothill Division headquarters. There, they began a rock throwing, shooting into the air, and setting fires. I guess at least they're shooting in the air. Right. The Foothill Division police used riot-breaking techniques to disperse the crowd and arrest those responsible for rock throwing in the fires, eventually leading... Eventually leading to the rioting and looting in the neighboring area of Pacoma and its surrounding neighborhoods in the San Fernando Valley. You start messing with the white people's neighborhoods, that's when they're going to start uh, coming in and stopping right. it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, we'll move on to day two, which is Thursday, April 30th. Mayor Bradley signed an order for a dust to dawn curfew at 12.15 a.m. The core area affected by the riots, as well as declaring a state emergency for the city of L.A., 10.15 a.m., he expanded the area under curfew. By mid-morning, violence appeared widespread and unchecked as extensive looting and arson were witnessed across L.A. County. They didn't even stop, dude. They were just These guys hasn't slept. <sighs> Riot and moved from South Central, going north through Central L.A., decimated the neighborhoods of Koreatown, Westlake, Pico Union, Echo Park, Hancock Park, Fairfax, Mid-City, and Mid-Wilshire, before reaching Hollywood, oh, the looting fires engulfed Hollywood Boulevard, and simultaneously rioting moved west and south into the neighborhood, neighboring independent cities of Inglewood, Hawthorne, Gardena, Compton, Carson, and Long Beach, as well as moving east from South Central into the cities of Huntington Park, Walnut Park, Southgate, and Linwood and Paramount. Jeez, everywhere, <laughs> looting and vandalism has had also gone as far south as the Los Angeles regions of the Harbor area and the neighborhoods of San Pedro, Wilmington, and Harbor City. Jeez, oh, Pete. These guys are everywhere. Dude, LA is huge, too. Yeah. He's so just going everywhere. Right. Koreatown is roughly 2.7 square miles, a neighborhood between Hoover Street and Western Avenue, 3rd Street and Olympic Boulevard, west of MacArthur Park and east of Hancock Park, Windsor, Windsor Square. Korean immigrants had begun settling in the mid-Wilshire area in the 1960s after the passage of the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1965. It was here that many opened successful businesses. As the riot spread, roads between Koreatown and wealthy white neighborhoods were blocked off by police and official <laughs> defense lines were set up around independent cities such as Oh yeah. Beverly Hills. Oh, of course. You can't get Dylan and uh <laughs> you ain't getting um Um What was her name? Brad. Dylan and uh Oh, I don't know, dude. Brenda Brandon. Brendan. Brenda? Was it one of them Brandon? Brandon was her brother. You can't get those guys. You can't get them. Mm, and West Hollywood. Yeah, of course. As well as middle, upper-class white neighborhoods west of Robertson Boulevard and L.A. You ain't getting those. I told you, once they start messing with the white people neighborhood, they're getting mm-hmm. they shutting that shit down. A Korean-American resident later told reporters it was containment. The police cut off Koreatown traffic while we were trapped on the other side without help. Oh, no. These roads are a gateway to a richer neighborhood. It can't be denied. Some Koreans later said they did not expect law enforcement to come to their aid. They didn't come to their aid. <laughs> right. They didn't expect them. Right. They didn't, uh, they didn't come to their aid. The lack of law enforcement forced Koreatown civilians to organize their own armed security teams, mainly composed of store owners, to defend their businesses from rioters. Right. Many had military experience from serving in the Republic of Korea Armed Forces Ooh. before immigrating to the United States. Yeah, you don't want to mess with those guys. I bet you how, how many of those old old ones served in the uh, Korean War and right. shit, dude? I mean, you don't want to mess with those guys. 
Open gun battles were televised. They sure were. Including an incident in which Korean shopkeepers armed with M1 carbines, Ruger Mini 14S, Mini 14s? Sure. Pump action shotguns, handguns exchanged gunfire with a group of armed looters and forced their retreat. Nice. But there were casualties, such as 18-year-old Edward Song Lee, whose body can be seen lying in the street in images taken by photojournalist Haiguan Kang. After events in Koreatown, the 670th MP company from National City, California, were redeployed to reinforce police patrol guarding the Korean Cultural Center and the Consulate General of South Korea in mm. L.A. Out of the $850 million worth of damage done in L.A., half of it was on Korean-owned businesses because most of Koreatown was looted and destroyed. Right. The effects of the riots which displaced Korean-Americans and destroyed their sources of income and the little aid given to those who suffered still affected L.A.-based Koreans in 2017 as they struggled with economic hardship created by the riots. Jeez. <sighs> That's crazy. The LAPD, L.A. Uh, County Sheriff's Department. Organized response began to come together by midday. The fire department and, okay, the the L.A. Fire Department and the County Fire Department began to respond back by police County escort. Fire Department? Oh. All right. California Highway Patrol reinforcements were airlifted to the city. United States President George H.W. Bush spoke out against the rioting, saying anarchy would not be tolerated. The California Armory National Guard, which had been advised not to expect civil disturbance, yeah. Yeah, and had, as a result, loaned its riot equipment out to other law enforcement agencies, responded quickly by calling up 2,000 soldiers, but could not get them to the city until nearly 24 hours had passed. Why? They liked equipment and had to pick it up from the Joint Forces Training Base in Los Al- Al- Alamitos, California, which at the time was mainly mothballed with former air base. <laughs> Nothing there. Right. Air traffic control procedures at LA International Airport were modified with all departures and arrivals routed to and from the west over the Pacific Ocean, avoiding overflights of the neighborhoods affected by the rioting. Jeez. Bill Cosby spoke on the local television as he's seen... Uh, Dropping a pill in someone's drink. Right. Uh, and ask people to stop the rioting and watch the final episode of The Cosby Show. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Justice... <laughs> what an idiot. The U.S. Justice Department announced it would resume federal investigation of the Rodney King beating as a violation of federal civil rights law. Yeah, this should have done that instantly. L.A. Dodgers manager Tommy Lasorda, who criticized rioters for burning down their own neighborhoods, received death threats and was taken to Los Angeles Police Academy for protection. <laughs> yeah, Tommy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's right. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Day three, which is Friday. New month, May 1st. In early morning hours, Friday, May 1st, the major rioting was stopped. stopped. 
Rodney King gave an impromptu news conference in front of the lawyer's office, tearfully saying, people, I just want to say, you know, can we all just get along? Mm-hmm. Is that like a, uh, what do they call it? A Mandela effect? Yeah. Why? Didn't they say, can't we all just get along? I don't think so. I think that's just what people turned it into. All right. That morning at 1 a.m., Governor Wilson had requested federal assistance. Upon request, President Bush invoked the Insurrection Act uh, with Executive Order 12804, federalizing the uh, California Army National Guard and authorizing federal troops and federal law enforcement officers to help restore law and order. Mm. Oh, dang. With Bush's authority, the Pentagon activated Operation Garden Plot, placing the California Army National Guard and federal troops under the newly formed Joint Task Force Los Angeles. Oh, nice. The deployment of federal troops was not ready until Saturday, <laughs> by which time the riot and looting were under control. Oh. Meanwhile, the 40th Infantry Division, jeez, Doubled to 4,000 troops of the California Army National Guard continued to move into the cities and Humvees. Eventually, 10,000 Army National Guard troops were activated. That same day, 1,000 federal tactical officers from different agencies across California were dispatched to L.A. to protect federal facilities and assist local police. Why didn't they do this shit a few years ago? What do you mean? Last year? A couple summers ago when they had that all them rioting. Last year? Jeez, it wasn't last year. It was. Two years ago. Oh, it was last summer, literally. 2020. Last summer. Not last summer, summer before. Oh, yeah, the uh, first year of the pandemic. Later that evening. Why didn't they do Why didn't they do this earlier in this, right. in this time frame? Idiots. Jeez. Later that evening, Bush addressed the country, denouncing random terror and lawlessness. He summarized the discussion with Mayor Bradley and Governor Wilson and outlined the federal assistance he was making available to local authorities citing the urgent need to restore order. He warned that the brutality of a mob would not be tolerated and he would use whatever force is necessary. He referred to Rodney King's case, describing talking to his own grandchildren and knowing the actions of good and decent policemen as well as civil rights leaders. Okay. He said he had directed the Justice Department to investigate the King case and that grand jury action in underway is underway today. And justice would prevail, he said. The post office announced that it was unsafe for their couriers to deliver mail. <laughs> yeah, I would say. <laughs> right. See, random uh, mail guy just delivering mail while everybody else is rioting. <laughs> Message. The public were instructed to pick up their mail at the main post office. The lines were approximately 40 blocks long. I bet they were. And they, yeah, everybody got to get those welfare checks. It was May 1st, too. Oh, geez. Um, and the California National Guard were diverted to that location to ensure peace. By this time, many entertainments and sports events were postponed or canceled. The L.A. Lakers hosted the Trailblazers in an NBA playoff game on the night the rioting started. Oh, geez. The following game was still postponed until Sunday and moved to Las Vegas. The L.A. Clippers moved a playoff game against the Utah Jazz to nearby Anaheim. In baseball, the Dodgers postponed games for four straight days from Thursday to Sunday, including a whole three-game series against the Expos. All were made up as part of doubleheaders in July. I thought Dang. you got to know that they were they were made up though. Well, those baseball players are pissed. Right now, they just got four days off. Yeah, they just got three doubleheaders they had to play. Yeah, that's fine. Who cares? Baseball. Right, San Francisco, a city curfew due to unrest forced the postponement of a May first San Francisco Giants home game against the Phillies. The horse racing venues, the Hollywood Park racetrack, and Los Angeles Alamitos Racecourse were also shut down. L.A. Fiesta Broadway a major event in the Latino community, was canceled. In music, Van Halen canceled two concert shows in Inglewood on Saturday and Sunday. Metallica and Guns N' Roses. Oh, you don't want to mess with Metallica <laughs> or Guns N' Roses. 
were forced to postpone and relocate their concert to the Rose Bowl. Hey, that's even better. Right. As the L.A. Coliseum and its surrounding neighborhood were still damaged. Michael Bolton man, <laughs> canceled his scheduled performance at the Hollywood Bowl Sunday. What does he, what does he do? The... Mm, right, something, right? Uh, the World Wrestling Federation. Oh, jeez. Don't you messing with WWF. The WWF canceled events on Friday and Saturday in the cities of Long Beach and Fresno. By the end of Friday night, all the remaining smaller riots were completely quilled. Good for them. And you don't want to piss me. Once, they, once Vince McMahon started losing money, right, and they were like, President Bush was like, all right, guys. <laughs> Sorry, knock it off. Uh, the fourth day, Saturday, May 2nd, on the fourth day, 3,500 federal troops, 2,000 soldiers of the 7th Infantry Division from Fort Ord, and 1,500 Marines of the 1st Marine Division from Camp Pendleton arrived to reinforce the National Guard soldiers already in the city. The Marine Corps contingent included the 1st Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion, commanded by John F. Kelly. It was the first significant military occupation of L.A. by federal troops since the 1894 Pullman Strike. And also the first federal military intervention in an American city to quell a civil disorder since the 68 King assassination riots. Oh, jeez. And the deadliest modern unrest since the 1980 Miami riots, at the time only 12 years earlier. Jeez. Dude, there's riots all every year. It's ridiculous. These federal military forces took 24 hours. You think all these riots that have happened in the last 50, 60 years, one side would, like, learn? (laughs) Neither side learns. Exactly. Nothing ever comes of it. Nothing ever comes of it besides burnt down buildings and and deaths. And now the people that live in those areas, they have to travel to different cities to buy their stuff now because you burned down everything. And they're the ones stuck paying higher taxes to rebuild the shit. Idiots. These federal military forces took 24 hours to deploy at Huntington Park, about the same time it took for the National Guard. This brought total troop strength to 13,500, making L.A. the largest military occupation of any U.S. city since 1968 Washington, D.C. riots. Federal troops joined National Guard soldiers to support local police in restoring order directly. The combined force contributed significantly to preventing violence. I would say. With most of the violence under control, 30,000 people attended and an 11 a.m. peace rally in Koreatown to support local merchants and racial healing. Oh, good for them. It only took them four freaking days. The fifth day, Sunday, May 3rd, as we look at a picture of smoke still uh, all over the city from a distance, um, looking at downtown or something. Mayor Bradley assured the public that the crisis was more or less under control as areas became quiet. Later that night, Army National Guard soldiers shot and killed a motorist who tried to run them over at a barrier. I mean, I mean, hey, you mess around, won't be around. All right. In another incident, the LAPD and Marines intervened in a domestic dispute in Compton, in which the suspect held his wife and children hostage. Oh, the whole, te- the whole. Now these uh, Marines are like, dude, I thought we came here to uh, right, just to do some rioting and not get no domestic violence Great. shit. As officers approached, the suspect fired two shotgun rounds through the door, injuring, injuring some of the officers. One of the officers yelled to the Marines, Cover me! As per law enforcement training, to be prepared to fire if necessary. Right. However, per their military training, the Marines interpre- oh. interpreted the wording as providing cover by... Oh, no. Ah. Yeah, by establishing a base of firepower, resulting in a total of 200 rounds being spread right. into the house. I mean, obviously, fire me, or fire me, cover me, and um, police and uh, um, military are two completely different things. 
you're yelling, cover me, while I go and run out and right. do some shit when you're in the military. Military is just, or police is just like, hey, man, watch my back. Right. Jesus. <laughs> and these Marines are idiots, because why would they just re- right. open fire in the middle of the house? They're not in a war. Wow. Remarkably, neither the suspect nor the women and children inside the house were harmed. How? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty remarkable. You ain't kidding. Although Mayor Bradley lifted the curfew, signaling the official end of the riot, sporadic violence and crime continued for a few days after. Well, of it's, course it's it just did. back to L.A. now. Right. Schools, banks, and businesses reopened. Federal troops did not stand down until May 9th, though. The Army National Guard remained until May 14th. Some National Guard soldiers remained as late as May 27th. Hmm. Jeez. Total of 64 people died during the riots, including nine shot by police and one shot by the National Guard. Of those killed during the riots, two were Asian, 28 were black, 19 were Latino. 15 were white. No no law enforcement officials died. As many as 2,383 people were reported injured. Estimates of the material losses vary between 800 million and 1 billion. Approximately 3,600 fires were set, destroying 1,100 buildings, with fire calls coming once every minute at some point. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Widespread looting also occurred. Rioters target stores owned by Koreans and other ethnic Asians, mm-hmm. reflecting tensions between them and the African-American communities. Right. Oh. Obviously, like we said, many of the disturbances uh, right. concentrated in the South Central, where majority African-American, Hispanic, fewer than half of all the riot arrests and a third of those killed during the violence were... A third of those killed were Hispanic. Right. The riots called the caused the emergency broadcast system and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration to be activated on April 30th, 1992. Many Korean Americans in Los Angeles refer to the event as Sai Igu, meaning 429, which stands for uh, April 29th, in reference to April 29th, 1992, which was the day the riots started. Right. Over 2,300 mom-and-pop shops run by Korean business owners were damaged through ransacking and looting. Sustaining close to four hundred million in damages. That's ridiculous. Come on, man. Yeah, destroyed Korean town, dude. About twenty three hundred Korean owned stores in Southern California were looted or burned, making up forty five percent of all damages caused by the riot. According to the Asian and Pacific American Counseling and Prevention Center, seven hundred thirty Koreans were treated for post traumatic stress disorder, which included insomnia and a sense of helplessness and muscle pain. In reaction, many Korean Americans worked to create political and social empowerment. Well, you piss these Koreans off. Now All they're right, going to. Now they're going to do some things. All right. Uh, according to a 93 report by the Latinos Futures Research Group for the Latino Coalition for a New Los Angeles, one third of those who killed and one half of those who were arrested in the riots were Latino. We said that between 20 and 40 percent of the businesses that were looted were owned by Latinos. Jeez. Hispanics were considered a minority despite their increasing numbers, so they lacked political support. Don't forget the hate and, between African American and Hispanics too. Yeah. Was, I think rivaled the the Asian. Now, well, it see. was it was the Hispanics before the Asians came, and then they switched to Asians for a minute. Right. Uh, this lack of social and political representation obscured acknowledgement of their participation in the riots. Many who lived in the area were new immigrants, not able to yet, not yet able to speak English. I think that's where it pissed most people off too. They're like, they're like, we left Mexico for this shit, right? <laughs> Jeez. 
Thousands of federal troops patrolled L.A. to restore order. Almost as soon as disturbances broke out in South Central, local television news cameras were on the scenes. And they were like, we're here to record the events. As they happen. As they happen. Television coverage of the riots was near continuous, starting with the beating of motorists at the intersection of Florence and Normandy, which was broadcast live by yes, television news know. pilot. We knew that. We know. In part because of extensive media coverage of the L.A. riots, smaller but similar riots and other anti-police actions took place in other cities throughout the United States. In the Korea Times, which was an independent Korean-American newspaper, Richard Reyes-Fruto wrote an article um, he says, looters targeted Korean-American merchants during the L.A. riots, according to the FBI official who directed federal law enforcement efforts during the disturbance. Well, not, not according to. Right. Uh, the English-language Korean newspaper focused on the 92 riots with Korean-Americans at the center of the violence. Obviously, it's a yeah. Korean newspaper. Initial articles in late April and early May described victims' lives and damage to the Los Angeles Korean community. Interviews with Koreatown merchants such as Chung Lee evoked sympathy from readers. Lee watched helpless as his store was burned down. Mm. He says, I worked hard for that store. Now I have nothing. Now I have nothing. How many videos you've seen of that? Mm. After the riot subsided, an inquiry was commissioned by the city. Oh my goodness. An inquiry was commissioned by the city police commission, led by William H. Webster. He was a special advisor. And Hubert Williams, which was a deputy special advisor, president of the F police foundation. Good for those guys. The findings of the inquiry, the city in crisis, a report by the special advisor to the Board of Police Commissioners on the civil disorder in L.A. Also, <laughs> Why is it such a long name? Also known as Webster Report on Webster Commission, which he <laughs> right. should have just said. It was released on the 21st of October, 1992. Jesus, um, freaking Pete. LAPD, <laughs> LAPD Chief of Police Daryl Gates, who had seen his successor, Willie L. Williams, named by the police commission just days before the riots, oh. was forced to resign on June 28, 1992. Yeah, you gotta go. Some areas of the city saw temporary truces between the rival Crips and Bloods gangs, as well as between rival Latino gangs, which fueled speculation among LAPD that the truce was going to be used to unite the gangs against the department. Yeah. They're gonna rise up against us. It won't last that long, yeah. though. In addition to the catalyst of verdicts in the excessive force trial, various other factors have been cited as causes of the unrest. In the years preceding the riots, several other highly controversial incidents involving police brutality or other perceived injustice against minorities had been criticized by activists and investigated by the media. We all know this. Right. 13 days after the beating of King was widely broadcast, black people were outraged when Latasha Harlins, 15-year-old black girl, was shot. <laughs> Latasha Harlins, yeah, 15-year-old black girl was shot in the Korean... Yeah, we said this, right? Uh, in the back of the head, though, dude. I do. That's crazy. Right. And uh, the shopkeeper was like, I thought she was going to shoplift. Right. Um, a Newsweek and Time article suggested, or New uh, Newsweek and Time magazine suggested that people thought, black people thought Korean Americans merchants were taking money out of their community, that they were racist as they refused to hire black people and often treated them without respect. I mean, it's true. There were cultural and language differences as some shop owners were immigrants, obviously. There were other factors for social tensions, though. High rates of poverty and unemployment among the residents of South Central, which have been deeply affected by the nationwide recession. Why was there unemployment? Because you got all these Koreans. They don't want to hire nobody. That, and you guys just burnt down half the businesses in right. um, L.A. That, too. Well... Obviously not before this, but, you know. Special Committee of the California Legislature also studied the riots, producing a report entitled, To Rebuild is Not Enough. Uh -uh. The committee concluded that the inner city conditions of poverty, racial segregation, lack of educational and employment opportunities, police abuse, and unequal consumer services created the underlying causes of the riots. You get it. 
It also noted that the decline of industrial jobs in the American economy and the growing ethnic diversity of L.A. had contributed to the urban problems. I get it. I told you, man. You get a melting pot of all these different things together, what do you think is going to happen? All right, man. Same thing happens in every big city. People have breaking points. You can't rely on government assistance for everything. That only takes you so far. can't rely on government for nothing. Another official report, the city in crisis, was initiated by the L.A. Board of Police Commissioners and made many of the same observations as the Assembly Special Committee about the growth of popular urban dissatisfaction. Of course they did. Anybody could come up with the same report. Right. Why, why do they have to study it? Right. Jeez. In their study, Farrell and Johnson found similar factors, including the, the diversification. <laughs> diversification? Right. Of L.A. population, the right. tensions between the successful Korean businesses and other minorities. An excessive force on minorities by LAPD and the effect of Laz's fire, whatever that is, business and urban employment opportunities. Riders were believed to have been motivated by racial tensions, but these are considered one of numerous factors. Numerous. Urban sociologist Joel Kotkin said this wasn't a race riot. It was a class riot. Damn right it was. We've already just showcased how they immediately blocked off all the rich neighborhoods and shit. Damn right. Many ethnic groups participated in rioting, not only African-Americans, right? Newsweek reported that Hispanics and even some whites, men, women, and children, mingled with African-Americans. Of course they did. When residents who lived near Florence and Normandy were asked why they believed riots had occurred in their neighborhoods, they responded to the perceived racist attitudes they felt throughout their lifetime and empathized with the bitterness the rioters felt. I mean, so much is so much, man. They needed a reason. They didn't care about Rodney King getting beat. Right. They were just waiting. Right. Like, this is the time. (laughs) Also, which don't make sense, which I think... Why all this shit's planned. I think this shit was planned here, too, by the government. Because how many beatings have we, from the 80s and the 90s, were worse than Rodney King? No riots, no nothing. How many were caught on tape, though? Right, that's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Forget 80s, it wasn't. Right. Everybody didn't have their own little special. Body cams and shit. Video camera walking around. Residents who had respectable jobs, homes, and material items still felt like the second-class citizens. Yeah. A poll by Newsweek asked whether black people charged with crimes were treated more harshly or more leniently than other ethnicities. 75% of blacks responded more harshly versus 46% of white people. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. In this public statement during the riots, Jesse Jackson, Jesus guy, civil rights leader, sympathized with African Americans' anger about the verdict in King's trial and noted the riot causes of disturbances. He repeatedly emphasized the continuing patterns of racism Police brutality and economic despair suffered by inner city residents. Hmm. Democratic presidential candidate Bill Clinton said that the violence resulted from the breakdown of economic opportunities and social institutions in the inner city. He also berated both major political parties for failing to address urban issues, especially the Republican administration, of course for its presiding over more than a decade of urban decay generated by their spending cuts. Huh. He also maintained that the King verdicts could not be avenged by the savage behavior of lawless vandals. No. And stated that people are looting because they do not share our values and their children are growing up in a culture alien from ours, without family, without neighborhood, without church, without support. Mm. It's true. While Los Angeles was mostly unaffected by the urban decay the other metropolitan areas of the nation faced since the 1960s, racial tensions had been present since the 1970s. Before that, we had suit suit riots and shit in um, the 50s. Becoming increasingly violent as of the 1980s. Democrat Maxine Waters, the African-American congressional representative of South Central, said the events in L.A. constituted a rebellion 
or insurrection. Oh, look at her calling for oh, an insurrection. Oh, but we can call for one, oh. can you? Caused by the underlying reality of poverty and despair existing in the inner city. Mm. The state of affairs, she asserted, was brought about by a government that had all but abandoned the poor and failed to help compensate for the loss of local jobs and the institutional discrimination encountered by racial minorities, especially at the police's hands mm. and financial institutions. Conversely, President Bush argued that the unrest was purely criminal. Though he acknowledged that King verdicts were plainly unjust, he said, we simply cannot condone violence as a way of changing the system. All right. Mob brutality, the total loss of respect for human life was sickeningly sad. What we saw last night and the night before in L.A. is not about civil rights. It's not about the great cause. It's not about the great cause of equality that all Americans must uphold. It's not a message of protest. It's been the brutality of a mob, pure and simple. Hmm. Who's that sound like? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Vice President Dan Quayle. Oh, Dan Quayle. Blamed violence on poverty of values. I believe the lawless social anarchy, which we saw, is directly related to the breakdown of family structure. True. True. Personal responsibility, true. true. Social order true. in too many areas of our society, true. True. Pitting poor versus um, rich. Similarly, White House Press Secretary Marlon Fitzwater alleged that many of the root problems that have resulted in inner city difficulties were starting in the 1960s and 70s. They have failed, and now we are paying the price. All right, well... Writers for former Congressman Ron Paul framed the writers framed the riots in similar terms in the June 1992 edition of the Ron Paul Political Newsletter. Oh, okay, billed as a special issue focusing on racial terrorism. They said order was not order was only restored in L.A. when it came time for the blacks to pick up their welfare checks three days. Oh, that's what I said after uh, rioting began. What if the checks had never arrived? No doubt the blacks would have fully privatized the welfare kidding. state through continued looting. They were paid off, and the violence subsided. Well, they weren't paid off. I mean, I guess they were paid off. Months, they got their checks, and now... Like the, I said... Look at, the, you know, this is them walking out of the post office, holding their check up, and then looking around the um, neighborhood. Right. Where am I going to spend yeah. it? <laughs> Everything's like, burnt oh, down. Jeez. Now I have to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. <clears throat> right, good news, kids. Power's, power's going to stay on this month. Power's going to turn back on. <laughs> We don't have to use the grill anymore to cook. <laughs> In the aftermath of the riots, public pressure mounted for a retrial for the officers. Can't retrial something. Federal charges of civil rights violations were brought against them. As the first anniversary of the acquitted neared, the city tensely awaited the federal jury's decision. The decision was read in a court session on Saturday, April 17, 1993, at 7 a.m. Officer Lawrence Powell and Sergeant Stacy Coon were found guilty while officers Theodore Brizano and Timothy Wynn were acquitted. Mindful of criticism of sensationalists reporting after the first trial and during the riots, media outlets opted for more sober coverage. Yeah, but hope so. Right. Police were fully mobilized with officers on 12-hour shifts. That's another thing. How much of the how much did the media play a part in this as uh, All of the it. narrative leading up right. to the um, uh, verdict, just I, like I was, they did with right. Chauvin, just like they did right. with um, the other chick that shot yeah, the one guy? I mean, ridiculous. media's... media's 80% the reason why these people get all agitated it's true. and fuck up shit. It's true. They had convoy patrols. They had scout helicopters. Street barricades. Now they want to. Right. Now they want to. Learn your lessons. They had tactical command centers. Support from the Army National Guard. The active duty Army and the Marines. Jeez. All four of the officers left or were fired from the LAPD. I would hope so. Brizano left the LAPD after being acquitted on both state and federal charges. Wind, who was also twice acquitted, was fired after the appointment of Willie Williams. 
as chief of police. That's got to be... They um, get acquitted, but yet still lose their jobs. Yeah, that's got to be better sued or something. L.A. Police Commission declined to renew Williams' contract. They get acquitted twice and still lose their jobs. That's ridiculous. I guess, though, they see him sitting on the street. Right. The dude might get murdered. That's true. Um, Eventually, the L.A. Police Commission declined to renew Williams' contract, citing failure to fulfill his mandate to create meaningful change in the department. Susan Clemmer, officer who gave crucial testimony for the defense during the officer's first trial, committed suicide July 2009 in the lobby of an L.A. sheriff's station. Oh, Oh, no. Jeez. She had ridden in the ambulance with King and testified that he was laughing and spat blood on her uniform. Yeah, this all you got. This all you got for me. Through all that, I'm still here. I mean, I guess right. She had remained in law enforcement and was a sheriff's detective at the wow. time of her death. She was a sheriff's detective. Damn. Ronnie King was awarded 3.8 million dollars in damages from the city of L.A. But the uh, the one dude that got beat from his truck because the police wouldn't respond during the beginning of the riot, so he didn't get nothing. Mm-hmm. That's just well. His dumbass invested most of his money in founding a oh. hip hop record label, straight off the Paz Records. Yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. Let that go for you, Rodney. Venture was able was unable to garner success and soon folded. Oh, of course, it did. King was later arrested at least eleven times on a variety of charges, including domestic abuse and hit and run. King and his family moved from L.A. to San Bernardino County's Rialto suburb in an attempt to escape the fame and notoriety that began, and he began a new life. Mm-hmm. King and his family later returned to L.A. where they ran a family-owned construction company. Until his death on June 17, 2012, King rarely discussed the night of his beating by police or its aftermath, preferring to remain out of the spotlight. He died of an accidental drowning. Authorities said that he had alcohol and drugs in his body. Such as PCP, which right. one of the cops originally thought he was on. Right. Renee Campbell, his most recent attorney, described King as simply a very nice man caught in a very unfortunate situation while driving with no license right. and on parole, drunk driving right. and um, right. robbing people and all that other good right. stuff. But hey. Right. Right. Man, he's, a, he's, a, he's a saint. Yeah. May 3rd, 19. 19- I wonder how many murals were painted of Rodney. Rodney King, right. May 3rd, 1992, a view of the large number of persons arrested during the riots. The California Supreme Court extended the deadline to charge defendants from 48 hours to 96. That day, 6,345 people were arrested. A view of the large number of persons arrested. Right. Oh, oh, so they could have more time to charge them. Right. Nearly one-third of the rioters arrested were released because police officers were unable to identify. Right. It's ridiculous. Like, we don't know who threw the rock. We, right. You're just here. In one case, officers arrested around 40 people stealing from one store. While they were identifying them, a group of another 12 looters were brought in. <laughs> Jeez. With the groups mingled, charges cannot be brought against individuals for stealing from specific stores, and the police had to release what? them all. How? Right. Well, you, you, you charge them all. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah, they all get charged which at door? percentage. Which door? They all get charged. Now we don't. Percentage. We just yeah, but we all just we threw them in this holding cell together. We don't remember who's who. And okay, pick them up from or what? So you get those stores and you get the amount of costs and you split it with all those guys equally. I yep. guess that's how you do it. And the weeks after the rioting, more than eleven thousand people were arrested. Many of the looters in black communities were turned in by their neighbors who were angry about the destruction of businesses who employed right. locals and provided basic needs such as groceries. Those were the old folks in that home. Right, saying, these stupid mofo's. They Many, remember the sixties and seventies. Yeah, Exactly. Many of the looters, fearful of prosecution by law enforcement and condemnation from their neighbors, ended up placing looted items curbside in other neighborhoods to get rid of them. Good for them. Right. Not really, but <laughs> blame it on somebody else. They're going to put it in somebody else's front yard. Right. It's not even uh, 
part of it. After three days of arson and looting, some 3,767 buildings were affected and damaged. Property damage was estimated at $1 billion. Right. Donations were given to help with food and medicine. Mm-hmm. The Office of State Senator Diane E. Watson provided shovels. <laughs> to dig the graves. <laughs> and brooms to volunteers from all over the community who helped clean. 13,000 police and military personnel were on patrol, protecting intact gas stations and food stores. They reopened along with other businesses areas, such uh, such as the Universal Studios tour, dance halls, and bars. So, yeah, you got to have those. Uh... Bars are pissed. I know. They're motherfuckers. And that's three nights lost. That's thousands and of dollars. And that was a weekend, too. Like, mm. motherfuckers. Oh. Many organizations. <laughs> Many organizations stepped forward to rebuild LA. South Central's Operation Hope and Koreatown's Saigu and KCCD, which is Korean Churches for Community Development, all raised millions to repair destruction and improve economic development. Singer Michael Jackson said, He he, I donate one point two five million to start a health counseling service for any city kids. But on condition that I get to touch every single one of them. <laughs> President George H.W. signed a declaration of disaster and activated federal relief efforts for the victims of looting and arson, which included grants and low-cost loans to cover their property losses. The rebuild, <laughs> the rebuild LA program promised six billion in private investment to create seventy-four thousand jobs. Okay, the majority of the local stores were never rebuilt. Oh, of course, why would they? Store, them, right. How many of those had insurance though? Right. Too store owners had difficulty getting loans. Myths about the city or at certain at least certain neighborhoods of it. Myths about the city or at least certain neighborhoods of it arouse discouraging investment and preventing They're like like I'm right. gonna invest in this, give you money to build in this one. Right. Like, Who knows uh, five years later it might get burned down again. Like we can't. It's a it's a bad risk for us guys. Mm-hmm. I, do you understand where we're coming from if we do this and it gets burned <laughs> down a year from now? It's on us. Right. Few of the rebuilding plans were implemented. Business investors and some community members rejected South LA. Of course. Dang. Many L.A. residents bought weapons for self-defense against further violence. The 10-day waiting period in California law stymied those who wanted to purchase firearms while the riot was going on. Right. In survey of local residents in 2010, 77% felt that the economic situation in L.A. had significantly worsened well, since 92. From 92 to 2007, the black population dropped by 123,000, while the Latino population grew by more Dang. than 450,000. Um, according to the L.A. police statistics, violent crime fell 76% between 92 and 2010, which yeah. was a period of declining crime across the country. Well, it probably did, yeah. yeah. Um, it was accompanied by lessening tensions between racial groups. In 2012, <laughs> <laughs> in 2012 uh, 60% of residents reported racial tension had improved in the past 20 years, and the majority said gang activity had also decreased. <sighs> I don't know about any of that. Yeah, that seventy six percent seems a little high. Violent crime fell seventy six percent. I doubt it. I'll take like twenty six percent. Well, I mean, the statistics show it did, but did it? Did it? But also, you got to figure ninety two is when Bill Clinton came in and he had the um, three strike rule right. and he did all that shit, crack down on the crime, which some say was racist in and itself. But um. I'm sure it did fall. Joe Biden is the one that. And then you got to uh, figure. You got to figure after 2001, September 11th, crime went down substantially after that because the whole America was coming together. Mm, look at that. All that shit. All right. So, um, mm. I could believe it. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Uh, now let's look at 2010 to 12, uh, 22. Yeah. See how mm. how much has risen. Last 12 years. Yeah. Bad. That 
is it for this episode of Outlaws and Gunslingers you know, 1992 LA Riots? Uh, all the cops should have been charged. All the cops should have been charged. All the cops that were there should have been charged. I mean, they were charged. I mean, they should have been they should have been found guilty. Found for guilty. Ten percent for something. Every single one of them. And the riots. I get the. I get the uh, protests, but no. Come on, guys. Burning down and beating people hey, out of vehicles and that's the that's get the here. that's the history of riots. That's why they call it a riot. Has any riot ever right. had? Not had uh, burning down buildings and shit like that. That's why it's called? It's why it's not called a protest. Well, it's a riot, right? Right. It's ridiculous. Come yeah. on, man. You guys are better than that. And, and nobody has learned the lessons nobody since has. then. As Stupidity. we've seen, uh, you ruin your own city, and then you and your kids have to walk around that for years. And then complain later on that there's no jobs, right? And nobody wants to invest in this area. I wonder and why nobody wants to do this. I can't do that. You wonder why? First sign on arrest, it's gone. We're planning on building this brand new uh, building here. It's gonna it's gonna give you everything you need. There's we're, gonna be we're, food. We're, we're planning on building shopping. this strip mall that has right. uh, twenty five stores in it. That's this is a uh, two billion dollar uh, project here, which is gonna create over fifteen hundred jobs. Two years later, burned. Burned down to the ground. Mm. Mm. You hate to see it, but damn, sad. That's just one of many riots that we could cover. But uh, I figured might as well do the '92 LA riots because although this is coming out around the tenth, the uh, obviously it's the 30 year anniversary. And technically, May, uh, it is uh, outlaws because the cops were outlaws there. And some gunslingers. Right. <laughs> there was some gunslinging going on right. for sure. So, I mean. Yeah. But May 3rd, obviously the last day of the riots, um, 30-year anniversary just a couple of days ago. So it seemed fitting. We missed our uh, ball on the uh, Waco siege. Did. Um, Still might do it later on. Well, of course we will, but not on the anniversary, obviously. No. Um, yeah, so 30 years. Crazy that it's been 30 years. But there's a good documentary on... <sighs> I want to say Netflix or Prime. It's like 25 years after the um, the riots. Right, it right, goes right, it right, gives right, you all right, the footage right, 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 that, right. that um, you can handle and all the backstory and all this good stuff. Um, good stuff to watch. We could have went in on um, King's story a little bit further, yeah. but why? I mean, yeah. we didn't know, didn't need to know his background and yeah. how he grew up and who his mama and daddy were. Don't care. So um, yeah, Don't that's care. gonna do it for us. Pretty decent. I thought it was going to be longer than what it was. To be honest with you, I yeah. thought we were pushing. Worked out. We we're going to push hour and a half, hour forty, but worked out. A little got over it. an hour here, guys. Got it. Got it. Good. Still don't know yet what we'll do next week, but expect something. Figure think, it out. I think from here on out, before we get to finally get to the mafia, we're just going to do nothing but uh, um, popular, impactful shit that everybody's heard of, but might not heard in depth like we. Uh, like, you know how we roll. You know how we roll. We roll. So, with that being said, if you guys are history fans, which you must be if you're listening to this, we got another show called Battles of the American Civil War, where we go from the day one battle, Battle of Fort Sumter. To the very last. All the way to the very end of the war. We are currently in end of October. All the way to where Robert E. Lee signs that piece of paper mm-hmm. with Ulysses S. Grant sending the table right across. Um, we're currently at the end of October 1861. 
And really haven't seen that many significant uh, bloody battles, but don't worry, 1862 is right around the corner, and we got a lot more stuff coming up there. So check that out, Battles of the American Civil War. We will be back next week for another episode. Outlaws and Gunslingers, we're the Mouth of Michiganders with Bang Dang.